When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Blitzard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it! Breaking away, Garrett Wilson! Wilson, a big play downfield. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. Thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet One. And it's time to review the two days of joint practices between the Jets and the Carolina Panthers in Carolina, Spartanburg, to be precise, with our friend Andy Vasquez, who covers the Jets for NJ.com. Andy, a couple of things off the bat. First of all, I said joint practices, but it was really just joint practice. I'll let you explain that. And I was also curious to see if you and the rest of your fellow beat reporters were willing to tap the great food resource that is Antoine Staley of the Daily News, especially in the Carolinas. The man knows his food in that area. Hopefully you went to him. I did have to laugh, though. Your buddy Zach Rosenblatt of The Athletic tweeted out that he went to a restaurant that ran out of brisket. And Antoine, to his credit, correctly told him that those are the best restaurants, the ones that run out of food, the ones that close early, the ones that are open late, those are the ones that are usually not as good. The ones that run out of food early, those are the ones that have the best reputations and those are the ones you want to go to. So curious if you made the most of Antoine as the food resource on this trip. And also I mentioned joint practices, but it was really joint practice because the weather kind of got in the way. Yeah, the weather did get in the way. And I, I, I think Antoine's expertise is more in North Carolina, I think. Uh, but I didn't, I ended up messing up my hotel reservation and stayed uh, in Greenville, which was one of the stupidest travel things I've done in 10 years of, of traveling this hour away. So I was, I was, I wasn't, I was just going where people told me, but I had lunch with Zach yesterday with, I think the photo he took at that place was good. Uh, otherwise did not, you know, I had, it was okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rip on Spartanburg. Let's not do that. But, um, very nice campus at Wofford, a very good crowd yesterday. I think it would have been a good crowd today on, on Wednesday. Today's one. No, today's Thursday, today on Thursday. But um, obviously the, the thunderstorms got in the way and, and they got into practice a couple hours later and it wasn't a, it was, it was a pretty light workout, but, but, you know, I think there was some encouraging things there. Most notably Garrett Wilson getting back on the field, which we'll talk about, but yeah, it was, it was, it would have been nice to see them do both days of joint practices. I'm sure the Jets' offense would have liked a second shot at the Panthers' defense, which you're not going to get, not the starters at least. Uh, but but yeah, it was definitely an interesting, an interesting uh, you know place, and it's always interesting to see a team that that does training camp 
uh, you know, away from from their city and away from their facility. And you mentioned that the Jets offense would like to get another crack at the Panthers defense. Can you go into more detail about why that would be? Well, yeah, it was just so bad. Okay, so obviously the the first day of joint practices was not a good day for the Jets offense, especially the offensive line. Um, you know, Burns really had his way with Max Mitchell. Uh, I think the spin move was out there. Uh, we saw that on video, a lot of that. Uh, and that, that wasn't the only time Rodgers showed some frustration. Um, and it wasn't a ton of frustration. It wasn't like he was yelling at guys, but he was clearly like unhappy when you know he didn't have a chance to, to get rid of the ball uh, on on one or two. I think I only had him down for two sacks, but you know we were watching from the far end zone, and they were down probably around the thirty. So it was hard. To, it's hard to get that perspective of how close the the pass rushers were, but there were definitely two no doubt sacks. A bunch of other plays where he was under pressure. I think he completed. I had him for eleven of sixteen and. I think he started seven of eight, so struggled a little bit at the end, and, and then especially in that move the ball period where they went three and out. I mean, I think everybody was disappointed on the offense in that. I mean, Connor McGovern said it after when asked if, if Rodgers, you know, showed some frustration. He said everybody was frustrated, especially when you, you know, squander an opportunity there to, to you know, get in good work and move the ball instead you're off the field after three plays. And then meanwhile. Um, you know, Bryce Young leads the Panthers, the the rookie leads the Panthers down the field for, for a touchdown. Now the Jets didn't have Sauce out there. Um, they don't have Carl Lawson out there right now. But, but yeah, that was just not a great end to practice for the Jets. And, and for Zach Wilson as well, he threw his first interception of camp and team drills on, on the last play of that practice against the, the Panthers' backup. So overall for the offense, it was a – there were some good moments. Alan Lazard got, got you know, deep for a, for a touchdown beating his man. Um, you know, we saw a nice catch from Jeremy Ruckert. I'm sorry, that was CJ Uzama who had a nice catch on the sideline, a jumping catch that that he hauled in. Um, but you know, and and I thought actually, interestingly, they did probably the the best job we've seen in camp so far of running the ball in terms of uh, creating some space and some holes for for all three guys: uh, Carter, Izzy, and Bam Knight. All three of them kind of had room to run, but yeah, the Aaron Rodgers said it after that on the outside, it just wasn't consistent enough and, and they need to get that ironed out because we're, we're now getting down to the point where Friday is a month from the start of the season. Andy, how'd the defense do against Carolina? I think they held their own. I mean, obviously that one drive at the end there in the joint practice was not ideal, but you still saw Jermaine Johnson getting in the backfield. You saw uh, Solomon Thomas actually had a pretty good practice. Um, and and Brandon Eccles was filling in for Sauce, who sat out the joint practice with with a, after his quad flared up. He did come back on Thursday and participate in individual drills, so I don't, I don't think there's anything to worry about there. But um, Brandon Eccles had a pick six off a of deflection, I believe. Tony Adams, uh, another big hit, making plays. I mean, he's really making a push to be. Uh, he's obviously going to be on the roster. I think he's making a pretty strong push to be a starter. So, um, I mean. The way it was set up, we didn't. We had to choose between offense and defense, and um, given the issues they've had on offense, and given you know Aaron Rodgers, I I chose to watch, to watch the offense. I think most fans would understand that. So it didn't get the best look at the defense yesterday, but I mean the defense the defense is good. I mean we, I think it's not a mirage. It's not it, it's not going to be perfect. When where they got beat yesterday on that last drive, it wasn't for any big plays. 
but it was the young was taking the 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 short stuff and and a lot of dinking and dunking and and you know that's going to be the concern for this defense this year with with some of the you know middle of the field issues and coverage still not exactly taken care of play like a jet play like a jet Andy, after the Jets practice with the Carolina Panthers on day number one, as we said, they were supposed to do a second joint practice, but the weather got in the way, so the Jets had their own practice. What did you see in that practice from the offense and the defense? Yeah, it was definitely a light practice, no pads. Um, I think you know, we, had, we were told before the practice that the plan was basically just to do seven-on-seven. Seven. Uh, a lot of that stuff with the Panthers, and that's what the Jets were going to do in their own practice later in the morning. But they ended up doing a lot of 11-on-11 11 11 stuff. Uh, Garrett Wilson made his return to team drills. Again, we were told before practice he wouldn't be, but he was in there. He looked fine. He looked good. Had a catch from Rodgers, I think, on the second play of team drills. No big highlights, but he was out there and and looked good. So um, that that's a promising sign for the Jets, and and it you know bodes well for a month from now when games matter that that he'll be just fine, and and that shouldn't be a surprise. Um, but yeah, it was just you know I think a pretty light day. Of of work and 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 Sauce Gardner getting back out there was important, um, but yeah, I don't think they were, you know, obviously not being in pads. It's, you're not going to get the same test. The offensive line, you're not going to really see, um, you know, what you anything that's going to tell you exactly where they're at today as compared to yesterday um, at this early stage or at the stage where they're they're not in pads, but. Um, you know, it was encouraging to see Makai Becton. I had him for 17 snaps on on Wednesday in the first practice in a, in a hot, uh, intense, full-contact practice, that, which is pretty good. I know he wasn't on the field at the end. He had been rotating between the second and third team, so it wasn't like he was out there for every one of Zach Wilson's reps. So the fact that he wasn't out there at the end for Zach Wilson's rep, I didn't view it as alarming. And then he was on the field today working at the second team. Uh, I think exclusively with the second team, but I um, I missed a little bit at the end of practice there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that that to me was another big takeaway from this week. And, and, and Saturday is going to be a huge test for, for Makai Becton to see uh, where he's at and, and if he can up the snap count. Obviously, he only had seven snaps last Thursday, so... Um, you're going to expect it to be well above that, but but I, I mean I think they're going to want to see what Sal said last week, 2025. It's going to again they're going to want to see something in that range. Becton did look good against Carolina. There were a couple of really nasty blocks that reminded people of what Becton had done his rookie season before the two years of injuries. So as you said, encouraging to know that his snap count was up during these two practices and it'll be big for him Saturday against the Panthers. As you just mentioned, also sauce and Garrett Wilson coming back, very encouraging, but what's the latest with injuries, including Carl Lawson, where do the jets stand on that? Yeah, that's really the big one right now. And um, it sure doesn't seem, I haven't seen him on this trip, so that doesn't mean he's not on the trip, but um, it would make sense if he wasn't on the trip. He's got, he's got back, he's got a back issue. Robert Sala said it's lower back. Um, you know, it's, that it's not a serious concern. You know, it's obviously some some level of concern, but we're still early enough where, like, 
you know, like they don't need to get Carl Lawson out there on the field for the preseason. I don't think they feel like they need to get any of their starters out there at the field for the preseason. Um, so it's hard to tell exactly, you know, where, how much of an issue that is. I, I don't, I wouldn't be too alarmed by it, but it's just, it is something to monitor. So that, yeah, that's the one that's really kind of, you know, standing out. Jason Brownlee took a knee to the head on Wednesday, but ended up, being fine and, and cleared and, and was and was back on the field today. Um, like I said, Sauce Gardner limited, but but back, which was good. Garrett Wilson certainly not out there for every rep, but but a significant amount of team reps and and also was moving really well. Um, you know, a couple other minor ones: Carter Warren, uh, the the young offensive tackle they just drafted. He's out. Not sure exactly uh, why. Well, yeah, that's that's basically it for the injury stuff. Obviously, they've lost, you know, some depth guys. You know, obviously, Strebler's out. You know, Hamsa, some of that. Um, and then something I said the other day on the podcast about Strebler and them wanting to get a fourth arm. I ended up being wrong. We just want just an accountability check there. Uh, Salah said that, like, having a quarterback at this point isn't as much of a concern because they have – a lot of back-to-back days off, so there's a lot of built-in rest. Um, so they're, he said, like, they're not going to go out and get a fourth quarterback at this point. They, they have other priorities on the roster where they're, where they're a little bit more banged up, I would imagine, you know, linebacker and um, on the D-line. They've had some issues. So he said camp is catching up with them, and that, that's kind of where uh, the, they'll use that roster spot. But it, we also saw Chris Trevler still with the team. With the team, he can't get rid of him. Obviously, he he cleared waivers, and uh, you know was was put back on IR. So he he's still around, but but again, I don't. As we talked about last time, I, I don't think they can put him back on the field this year because he, he he's on IR. Before we go inside the locker room, Andy, let's talk about hard knocks. I was curious what everybody in South Carolina was saying because obviously I'm sure just about everybody watched it from the reporters to the players to the coaches and everybody around what was going on in Spartanburg. And also anything worth mentioning that we didn't touch on yet from day one or day two in Carolina during the practices. Yeah, well, so with hard knocks, I mean, I think all of us watched it for sure. Um, you know, some people said they didn't watch it. I don't know if I believe them. I think, you know, everybody has a pretty good idea of how they were portrayed on the show. And the interesting stuff to me was, was the Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson stuff. Uh, I really enjoyed the moment where, where Revis is, is talking with Rodgers and, and sauce. And then obviously Rodgers has that moment with sauce on the field in, in Canton. I thought that was a pretty cool thing. It was cool to see how involved Rodgers is you know, in terms of talking to, to Zach Wilson. Uh, I thought Salah, you know, a lot of times we, we've we become so used to seeing him in the same environment in front of a backdrop. And, and I think you could you could see from hard knocks why he the players do buy into his message clearly and why there's, there's you know, some belief in him. So I thought, you know, he came across well. And that, and that to me was the funniest part about hard knocks is that, you know, Salah – and Aaron Rodgers were the two guys who very clearly said they wanted nothing to do with this. And now they're the two guys who end up being, uh, you know, carrying the first episode. They're obviously going to, the head coach and the quarterback, they're going to be this, this, you know, two of the stars. And they're both very well suited for this. They're both going to come across looking very good because they have this, this ability 
to bring some sort of substance. Also, they're they're kind of goofy and they're not afraid to show that on camera. They're, they have this this comfortability in the spotlight, and I think you saw all of that. So, um, I thought you know people are going to say that Salah is too close with Aaron Rodgers, and how can that's going to lead to some sort of you know failure or some sort of chain of command issue. <laughs> Salah actually brought that up. Aaron's very respectful of the, the the hierarchy, the chain of command, and that he, he wasn't um, – and Rodgers brought that up too. It's the idea that these guys didn't want to show. Rodgers said he wasn't – he just unvolunteered yesterday, said he wasn't talking directly into Zach, Zach's headset, which is kind of what it looked like on Hard Knocks, but I, but I think wasn't the case. He, I think he was talking to Hackett or somebody else um, and telling him to tell him to throw it. And and then Salah said today that that Aaron's very respectful of, of you know the process and and not stepping on any toes for people, you know, letting people do their jobs. So I think you know they're they're definitely aware of of everything. But I think they came across pretty well. And I also think if things go bad, there's going to be a lot of the stuff that's thrown back in their face. But that's part of the deal. So, um, and I'm trying to think of some of the other interesting things. But you know, you know Connor McGovern. Uh, had some stuff on, on Joe Tipman that I thought was cool and said that, you know, obviously he came back knowing that it was going to be his, his, um, you know, chance to uh, compete for the job. He knew they were going to draft somebody and that, you know, he's trying to beat him, but also like he wants to put him in a chance in, in a position to succeed. He knows eventually he's going to, he's going to take his job. And then if, and if he can guide him and help him be the best best you know young player he can be and then he's sitting Canton 20 years from now in the stands saying you know maybe I was part of this and then that's a big part of his legacy so I thought that was a cool moment and then just the other the other thing was you know some of the Panthers writers had said that the um the crowd was was a lot bigger than usual there are a lot of Jets fans there uh and this whole like Rogers traveling circus thing is, is a is a real thing there it's just it's it's kind of like uh, there's a level of excitement for people. Obviously, fans who are screaming and stuff like that. But just like even when Rodgers talks in the media tent, it was like Connor McGovern was the first guy yesterday. It was like the regular beat guys. Really, it felt like nobody else. There was a couple of people standing around the side of the tent. They set it up in a tent near the entrance to the practice fields, and then Rodgers comes into the tent, and it got darker in the tent because like so many people came to the sides of the tent, you know, media people, people with credentials. Um, and I, I assume some fans or, or whoever's down there, but there's so many people that came and surrounded the tent that it like blocked a lot of the light. So it was like, it was the real, it was weird, but that's kind of the reality. It's just an example of, of the reality that the jets are living in now. It, it's, 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 uh, the, yeah, this, this excitement is real. It travels. Um, it'll only get, more exciting and, and enthusiastic if they win. Um, so, yeah, it, it's definitely a real thing, and it was interesting to see that, um, you know, kind of away from here and away from the Hall of Fame in, in, a, in a more normal football setting. Andy, take us inside the locker room. I know that Robert Sala mentioned that he didn't watch Hard Knocks yet. If you believe that, I'll introduce you to the Tooth Fairy also, DJ Reed said he had to watch Hard Knocks on FaceTime with his wife because he didn't have HBO Max. 
The guy makes $11 million a year. He couldn't spend $10 a month on HBO Max. That's kind of wild to me. And then also we learned from DJ Reed that there's a new nickname for the Jets secondary, courtesy of Mr. Tony Adams. So talk about all that and any other pertinent things that we learned in the locker room over the last two days. Well, I was in the back for DJ, so I couldn't hear everything he was saying. Just like, you'll have to fill me out of that, on that new nickname. But, um, yeah, I went over the stuff yesterday that Rodgers and McGovern said, so we, we can move on from that. Uh, Sala, you know, he said basically the most interesting thing today was he basically acknowledged for the first time that, yeah, the offensive line really isn't where we want it to be. Says he's optimistic, says there's reasons for it, the new scheme. Um the fact that Dwayne Brown isn't in there. But he also opened the door to Elijah Verrett. So instead, we have something in our back pocket, and then everybody, like, we know what that means. It means Elijah Verrett Tucker. And he said, you know, we're going to play our best five. So if Verrett Tucker at tackles is what that looks like, then we'll do it. Um, and, I, you know, I thought that was very interesting. So uh, ideally, he said, he thinks that Verrett Tucker is an all-pro guard and they want to keep him at guard. But they think he's a really good tackle too. He said pro bowl tackle. So, um, you know, open to the possibility and, but also said, you know, they, they, they're, they're that Dwayne Brown, he didn't want to give a timeline, but that he is absolutely expected to be back by week one without a doubt. And that he'll be back soon, sooner than later, whatever that means. Uh, we'll, we'll see, but, um, but yeah, that, that those you know were kind of the most interesting things from Sala. Um, yeah, it, it's Vera Tucker was also interesting. Like he always says, you, know, you always hear players say, like, um, you know, I'll do whatever the team wants to do. But then you can see like their true opinion come through about like what they really, really want. And then with Vera Tucker, he's like. I've told you guys a bunch of times, like I'll play wherever they need me. And then that's it. There's no like couching it. There's no nothing. I mean, I, I, I would assume he enjoys playing guard right now more than he enjoys playing tackle. Uh, but you know, you wouldn't know it from talking to him. And I think that's interesting, but he did say like he cross trains during the off season at tackle and guard just to better prepare himself. And he said, he's not doing that right now because everything that he's been told and everything he's seen is that, the plan is for him to be at right guard, so he's focusing on that. But he said uh, if something comes up, an injury, or they need him to, to play tackle, that he's willing to do it. So I don't know if that's motivating some of the other guys to, to kind of get it together um, from Salah or, or if it's just the reality of the situation. But, but yeah, it was interesting to hear him acknowledge uh, the situation in terms of the offensive line. I mean, and yeah, when Aaron Rodgers is saying it too, um, you know, it's hard for the coach to come out there and be like, everything's fine. So yeah, that, I mean, that was what Rodgers, you know, he said he didn't want to, uh, you know, throw anybody under the bus, but clearly he was unhappy with, with the way some of the stuff went on, on Wednesday. Uh, and he, and he said, you know, the interior of the offensive line, he feels good about, but uh, they got to get stuff cleaned up. And then when I asked him about how how important is it for the five guys to, to play together, Rogers said, you know, I think a lot of that's overrated. Like in an ideal world, you'd like to have it. And we had it in Green Bay a lot of years, but it doesn't happen. You know, the majority of the NFL doesn't get that. And um, 
you know, but that we do have a couple jobs open and at some point in the next couple of weeks, it would be nice to see somebody step up and seize one of those jobs. So that's the big question mark and storyline right now for the Jets is how's, how is this offensive tackle situation going to shape up in the next three weeks? Andy Young and Turnt is the name of the secondary, according to DJ Reed. That that's was not great. That's not great. I don't like it. I don't love it myself, but I'm not going to argue with those guys. As long as they play well, they can call each other whatever they want. It makes sense, though, the young part, because the two old guys in the unit are DJ Reed and Jordan Whitehead, and they're both 26. So the young part yeah. certainly makes sense. We'll see. Like I said, if they play well, they could call themselves Peter Pan for all I care. Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NJ.com. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down days number 14 and 15 of New York Jets training camp in Carolina, Spartanburg, South Carolina, joint practice with the Carolina Panthers. And then day two is supposed to be a joint practice that wound up just being a regular practice. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out everything you're doing over at NJ.com, what do you have up right now and what do you got cooking the next couple of days? Yeah, I mean, we've got uh, a story on the offensive tackle situation. You have observations from the joint practice. We're going to go into the guys who have something to prove in the first preseason game. And then uh, I've got an interesting story about Alan Lazard coming soon and and his mental game. And, I'll, and we'll leave it at that. I expect that early next week. Um, and also have some interesting stuff coming on Aaron Rodgers and, and kind of his hands-on approach to, to his teammates and, and getting them in a position to be successful or, or at least be at the standard that he wants them to be. I would also be remiss if I didn't mention two things, two more things from hard knocks that I really appreciated. First, it's nice having a player on the team who's about my age, who's making like jokes that I understand, like the anchorman one. That was, that was cool. I enjoyed that. And, and then two, a lot of times fans get on us as, as sports writers for being like, um, you know, wanting the, the preseason games to end like earlier than they do because they take forever. And I just want to get to meaningful football. That's you know, what I, like to write about, obviously, and that's what everybody likes to watch. So it was cool to see the enjoyed seeing the players and the coaches being like, "How long is this going to take?" Uh, you know, all that stuff. So um, it's not just us, people. Okay, it's not just us. Nobody, everybody wants to get to the regular season, and uh, we I, we all understand that our jobs are pretty cool, and, and we're lucky. Uh, but but you know, when you get a fifteen or twenty minute lighting delay in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. In Akron or wherever we're Canton, Ohio, nobody likes that. So we're not bad people for not liking that. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm leaving it at that. So uh, I'm at Andy underscore Vasquez on Twitter and by Andy Vasquez at Instagram. And I hope everybody has a great weekend. Andy, I'll agree with your opinion because I don't think anybody enjoys a delay during a preseason game, a regular season game. Nobody wants the delay, but you're willing to put up with it. Preseason game, I would imagine that everybody but the hardcore fans turns the game off at that point. So I sympathize with all the beat writers, the players, and the coaches who had to endure that extra time. Make sure you check out everything that Andy's doing over at NJ.com. Check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Small, small 22 breakdowns up on our channel right now, including Makai Becton and Joe Tippman's performances in the game against the Cleveland Browns. As far as I'm concerned, they looked very good, very impressive. You can agree or disagree, watch the film, and then tell me if you think I'm wrong or right. 
It's over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash play like a jet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.